All right, thank you and welcome to the Greg Fernandez Jr. Podcast number four. Episode three was a complete disaster because we tried something with Zoom, did not go very well. So we're going to jump right into this one here. I'm just going to make sure that the audio sounds okay, which it does there. And I'm going to play what I meant to play in episode three, which is um, a little video here. We'll start there, then we'll take a few steps back. So... Give me one second. This is um, this is on my TikTok, and I am still learning TikTok. I have no idea how to make this screen, how to make this full screen or not. So, I will just uh, do the best that I possibly can here, as we are learning. So the screen is not as big, but the main thing uh, that I'm hoping is that you will hear what is being said here. This is the most important. This is from the Lieutenant Javier Martinez body cam footage. And I did get a question uh, from Maverick. I'm confused if there were two Lieutenant Martinez because the report says he he was uh, first inside the school. And I went and I said, let me go back and double check. But that is the it is the correct body footage. And Maverick, what I think happened is that um, uh, it, when we look at the time on this footage in this TikTok video, you'll see this is closer to 1 p.m. Um, the shooter had been taken out. Whatever happened happened at about 12:50 uh, p.m. So by by this time, um, Javier Martinez is probably kind of on crowd con- control in this area. That's my understanding of it. Um, but this is what this is what it says. This is what. Uh, the body cam footage says and let's just take a listen to this here let me make sure the volume is up all the way and let's go here we go oh come on did I mention I hate TikTok too (laughs) I may have to refresh oh there it is it's starting okay One in custody, one in custody at 1302, clear. Stay safe. One in custody. Audio's still kind of low, but you can hear he said one in custody. 12.51 p.m. Hey, they need to move out, Chris. Go out, Chris. Six four confirm it's gonna be the shooter. In custody. Shooter in custody. That's the question. Shooter's dead. He's technically he is in custody, right? But is that what they mean here? I don't know. I need confirmation. Where are they getting escorted to?
Now in the long video, it is mentioned a few more times about the shooter being in custody. It's even mentioned with someone who found a Facebook post from the police. The police posted on Facebook that the shooter was in custody. Can you confirm we have a shooter in custody on the same team made contact? Can you confirm we have a shooter in custody? One shooter in, in custody. Just one, one shooter in custody. Okay, so that is the one shooter in custody. Um, now I'm going to go back to, we're going to look at uh, the other evidence. And uh, I was on a show with Southern Truth and uh, Eric Spitfire Wilkinson and they were going through what I'm about to show you here watching this video we began watching this video and as they're watching it and I'll see if I can make sure the audio is up as much as it can be I don't know how the audio is going to feed through the audio that we got is is pretty low with everything but I'll try to make sure that it feeds through as best as possible so I'm just going to play some of this here where it, it, at 11.44, a second shooter is mentioned here. It, it, questions have been asked about who's in charge. It, it, much, much of the chagrin to some that when people believe and what they hear, that when the FBI shows up, no, they're not in charge, okay? When other agencies show up, they're not in charge. It's the original, it's the agency that has the original jurisdiction is in charge, but you have options. Just because you're in charge and you have the authority and you're the ranking official, senior official on site, you can actually delegate that down. In my case, the lower I delegate it, the better in terms of sound decision making. Or you can de delegate it to another agency or you can ask another agency to take the lead. This is common practice in ICS, in incident command. We practice that in Texas. We always practice it. We preach it. We, we don't. We're very careful. And you'll find when you talk to the experts in, in the alert training program, as self-deploying as a risk. Deciding you know, who's in charge, deciding on your own to take action without it being properly coordinated is a risk. It's one of the challenges you have in these type of situations. But nevertheless, in terms of if you're going to issue commands, okay, if you're going to direct action, you're the ranking official from the agency that has jurisdiction, you're the on-scene commander. Gunfire happens again at 11.40. Let's assume that was a barricaded subject. He Gunfire. was contained. Well, he fires again. And he's room 111 and 112. It's not reasonable to expect that there's children and teachers in that room still alive. That is pretty interesting that he would say that. 1141, Uvalde PD officer. We believe that he's barricaded in one of his, the offices. They're still shooting. So this is important here because at this point they're thinking, according to this timeline here, they're thinking that, uh, or they're trying to sell us. The, the, the camera footage may show something different, but they're trying to sell us on that. At this point, it's not reasonable to assume that all that anyone is alive. We're supposed to assume that uh, the kids are dead and the teachers are dead, even though they don't know if there's kids in the room. They don't know if there's teachers in the room, and they're getting 911 calls. Now, I understand. The 911 calls may not have gotten to the right people who were on the scene, who were right there. Um, and so that's another problem. We got some major problems here that we're going to talk about. Like I said before, I may ask some stupid questions that you already know the answer to. Um, please be patient. 
with with me here i'm learning here um i'm going through all of this stuff in real time and um i have seen this video once or twice in in the past but um i wanted to play this part of this video here but a lot of this is still new to me my memory is not very good but um this is why i love writing i love writing down things writing books for this particular reason to make sure um that i uh kind of document it as best as possible. Okay, I'll shut up. Let's keep rolling here. Important misinformation. He's not barricaded in an office, okay? He's in a classroom, 1 and 11 and 1 12. Dispatch asks if his door is locked, to which a Valdi PD officer replies, I'm not sure we have a hooligan to break it, a hooligan tool so you can just break the lock and move in at the door. At 11.41, four first responders in the room from the east hallway. Yeah, two constables, a fire marshal, and UPD officers. So officers continue to flood into the particular area. So we had 11 to begin with. We've had another four officers to it. The DPS trooper is the first DPS officer to arrive. Director McCraw, we've got to ask you this. Yes. Best you can speak into the mic. Oh, yes, sir. I apologize. So the system can pick it up. If you yes, can sir. pick that mic up, that would be yes, great. Sir. All right. How about that, sir? Does that work? Thank you. Very good. Yeah. Thank you, Chairman. Thanks. At 11.42, we had a DPS trooper and two P PD officers enter from the East Hallway. Uh, she looked, she was there less than two minutes, looked around because at that point in time, there's multiple officers, and she left the building to find other duties as assigned. 11.44, another suspect fired around. 11.44 later, a UPD officer have some officers there available to get everybody back. You, a UCISD officer, Ruben Reese, and one of our sergeants, uh, Sergeant Maldonado, actually drove Officer Reese to the scene. He enters at that point in time. No, no, officers, they need to get out of the hallway. Well, before I we'll need to talk about Robin, uh, Officer Ruiz. He notes that she's been shot. He's talking about his wife. He got a call from his wife. His wife was in room 112 and later died. Unknown officer says, they need to get out of the hallway, to which an officer responds, chief is in there. Chief is in charge right now. Hold on. Yeah, so the, okay, so the officer that they, you see, probably seen that video where the officer is being kind of held, held back, and he's, he's in some of the earlier videos of the, uh, uh, of the long video that I made, um, that just kind of, it's like a compilation of all of the body cam footage, some of the early, the thing with, with the teacher, and then some of the other news re reports, so, um, but this to me, is very important because here we have this is one of the teachers in room 11 or in room 111 or room 12 she was shot she was killed because of, of the lack of response who knows how many lives that they could have saved just because the the kids and the teachers were injured doesn't mean that they were dead this guy has already said and i forget this guy's name i apologize but they've already said that they are pretty much saying it's not reasonable to assume that they're that they're not dead. So at this point, the police are just supposed to assume that they're all dead. Shots still being fired, though. So at 1140, he just said that. Shots are still being fired. Who was he shooting at? 
Is he shooting at the kids? Is he shooting at the teachers? Is he shooting at people in the classroom? Is he, or is he shooting at the, the cops there too? So that's interesting stuff. Let's keep going. 1151, seven Border Patrol agents enter the west door. There had been a call earlier for BORTAC, and BORTAC was en route. These aren't BORTAC agents that first responded. Oh, did I skip it? At 1152, there's yeah, the first ballistic it. shield that enters the west door. Okay, I'm sorry. I skipped that part. Asked another agency to take the lead. This is a common practice at the door. It? At 1141, four first responders in the room from the east hallway. We had two constables, a fire marshal, UPD officer. So officers continue to flood into the particular area. So we had 11 to begin with. We've had another four officers to it. DPS Trooper is the first DPS officer to arrive. Director McCraw, we've got to ask you this. Yes. Best you can speak into the mic. Oh, yes, sir. I apologize. So the system can pick it up. If you yes, can sir. pick that mic up, that would be yes, great. Sir. All right. How about that, sir? Does that work? Thank you. Very good. Thank you, Chairman. Director McCall. Okay. At 1142, we had a DPS Trooper and two PD officers enter from the East Hallway. Uh, she looked, she was there less than two minutes, looked around because at that point in time there's multiple officers and she left the building to find other duties as assigned. 1144, another suspect fired around. That's the thing, 1144, another suspect fired around. In the public hearing video, that's timestamp, one hour, three minutes, and zero, nine seconds. Um, and that's it. It's never mentioned again. It's never talked about again. It's just brushed over. Like it was the building seven of this whole thing here. Isn't that interesting? But that's it. So who is this other suspect? So 1144. So when we look at the body cam footage, when you go through the body cam footage videos, note the, the, the dates and the timestamps. And the one that, that we're looking for is 1144. Because in not in every video do you hear, or me, I did not hear gunshots being fired that one shot being fired at 11:44 in one of them you do but not in all of them and so i found that very interesting very interesting there um let me play a little bit more 11:44 later uh, upda officers have some officers there available to get everybody back you, are you so at this point, they're getting everybody back. But at this point, from what we're being told, what the protocol was is they should have went in there. The protocol is not being followed. Um, they should have went into this classroom and done whatever they possibly could. Right. CISD officer Ruben Reese and one of our sergeants, uh, Sergeant Maldonado, actually drove Officer Reese to the scene. He enters at that point in time. I don't know officers, they need to get out of the hallway. Well, before I, well, I need to talk about Robin, uh, Officer Ruiz. He notes that she's been shot. He's talking about his wife. He got a call from his wife. His wife was in room 112. He got a call from his wife after she had been shot. So at this point, shouldn't they know that there are not everybody is dead. They have wounded people in there. They got to get them out. They got to rescue them. You can hear some of the videos of some of the officers saying that here, too. Died. Unknown officer says they need to get out of the hallway, to which an officer responds, Chief is in there. Chief is in charge right now. Hold on. 
1151, seven Border Patrol agents enter the west door. There had been a call earlier for BORTAC, and BORTAC was en route. These aren't BORTAC agents that first responded. At 1152, there's a first ballistic shield that enters the west door. At 1152 later, UPD officers, units just showing up, can you help with crowd control? So officers after 1152 are being diverted to crowd control activities. 1153, unknown officer informs a DPS special agent that they need right now as a perimeter. Someone comments on whether there are still kids inside to which the DPS special agent responds. If, if there is, then they just need to go in. Someone there comments about whether there are still kids in which he responds. If there is, then just need to go in. That's right. He enters the west building right and is directed on where the suspect is focused on. This is from a body camera. And you'll note that any information that I'm using right now, it came from, it, it, it's color coded. So when it's blue, it's body camera. If, you know, obviously from video surveillance, it's either, whether it's funeral home and indicated, and of course the Yavaldi PD recordings as well. And you have that in your booklet. After some time, uh, the, the, the DPS officer, you know, said, are there kids in there? We need to go in right now. Then he said, what's that? Then whoever's in charge will determine that because of what he recommended, if there's kids in there, we need to go get them. And then later on, the DPS agent, he left the scene to look for kids, found a, found a young boy in the restroom in the West Building that was hiding, and then went outside to look at, search other classrooms. There's a PD channel recording, again, it's critical that let the PD take the point. 1158, after an unknown officer is asked where the shooter is, another unknown officer advises the school, chief of police is in there with him. That turned out not to be true. There's a call at 12.03, and that's the call from Chloe, the first time Chloe calls. And of course, it's heart-wrenching to listen to her. She's in room 112, okay? She was actually the only child in room 112 that was uninjured. Wow. Okay, there was eight children killed, two teachers killed in that room. And of course, uh, there was, she was uninjured. Nine children were injured in room, in room uh, 112. 1203, the second ballistic shield enters the west door. 1204, the third ballistic shield enters the west door. And yet there's no action. No action. 1209, PD officer, go around and get the master keys to the room. Elements of the Bortac arriving at the elementary school was at 12.09 or 12.10. And I think the first Bortac unit, uh, members went into the building at 12.15. During that time, the Uvalde ISD Ariano requests master key. Uvalde ISD Chief Ariano gives instructions to officers to have a sniper on the east roof. Master key, there's more than one master key for the West Building. Anytime the locks were changed, there was another master key for that lock. So there's, you may find a master key, but there's two master keys. You've got to get both master keys. So there was some frustration in the discussion about this master key doesn't work. Well, it doesn't work because that master key is not for that door. Nice. Twelve sixteen. U.S. Chief says, I just need a key. The chief says, tell them to expletive wait. No one comes in. 1220, the fourth ballistic shield shows up. At 1221, importantly, the suspect fires four rounds. 1221. So if this is a barricaded subject, why is he still firing? Yeah, good question. Okay. Who's he firing at? Is he still killing people in there? 
The chief says at 1228, let me back up to, uh, the, the, to 1221. Yeah, back Can up. you get a breaching tool like a trailer house, like for a trailer house? The chief, we've lost two kids. These walls are thin. If he starts shooting, we're going to lose more kids. I have to say, we have to put those to the side right now. That's, a, that's important because this is one of the things um, that I was wondering about is it, what do they know? What do the officers on the scene know? The 911 calls are great, but if the officers who are there on scene don't know about the 911 calls, don't know about these calls, there, there's so many times in the police audio that you hear people have no idea what is true or what is not. Even, even with that TikTok video that we just played, where it talks about the shooter, one suspect is in custody. And then they later on in that same video, in the full length video, they're like, they don't even know if, if that's true because they're just they're just not sure what is accurate and what isn't accurate here. Um, but if the police chief thought that there were still kids alive in this room, uh, that would be the only reason why I could see why he didn't, why they didn't just go and bust in there i guess right but then you think well because that at that point it's a hostage situation right if there's still kids there and there's this guy there but they don't know that they don't really know anything so i don't know this is why i keep going back and forth on you know it's easy for us to second guess what they should have done what they did what they didn't etc etc um, the more information that I learned, the more that I understand why people are calling them cowards, why people are saying these guys should all be fired because they didn't do anything. They put their life ahead of these kids. Whether the kids were dead or not at that point, should it matter? If they were shot, should they get in there to rescue those kids? How many officers' lives are worth saving at least one of those kids who may have been shot but may not be dead at this point yet? Of the 19 kids that were killed and the two teachers that were killed, and it's interesting how he brings up the the uh, teacher who was uninjured. That's another interesting thing. We'll go back to that later on in a future episode, the uninjured teacher. But bringing all of, of that up, um, it's just very interesting to think. And, and it's, it's the what if, should have, could have. It's the what if. It's what could we have done better, which none of that matters when you have 19 dead children. None of that really matters. So I understand the anger, the the frustration. People who may even just listen to what I'm saying here, thinking that I am defending the police and defending, you know, what they did and everything like that. When you know I'm trying to understand from all angles, from all sides, what the heck happened here, what went on here, and I think this timeline was a really good starting point. Um, and let me just go back. I want to just check the date on this. This was June 21st, June 21st. I, I post this on June 23rd, but this actual hearing um, began on June 21st, 2022. So let's keep going. Uvalde chief attempts to communicate with a suspect in English and Spanish. Now, the entire communications was always one way. The suspect never communicated. So it was not communication. We're talking at. No, no, officer. Yeah, he's talking. There's a teacher shot in there, to which the Uvalde PD officer replies, I know. The chief, people are going to ask why we're taking so long. Yep. We're trying to preserve the rest of the life. 
The chief. We have a team ready to go. We have a team ready to go. Have at it. The 1227. 1228. The chief. There's a window over there. Obviously, the door is probably going to be locked. Probably going to be locked. Probably. That is the nature of this place. I'm going to get some more keys to test. 1228. The chief. These master keys are working here, bro. <laughs> Aren't working here, bro. Lots of bros. We have master keys and they're not working. The chief at 1230. Okay, we've cleared out everything except for that room. We still have people down. They're just past the flag to the right. But, uh, we're ready to breach, but that door is locked. So that 1229, again, they're saying so many conflicting reports. Is the door locked? Is it not locked? Um, the body cam footage is the best thing that we have. I wish we had the unedited version. I understand if they don't want to show us you know at the end when they take the shooter out or the shooter kills himself or whatever happens when they breach that classroom classroom one 112 one 111 and 112 are kind of a combined like you can if you're in 111 you can get to 112 if you're in 112 you can get to 111 but whatever it is there's just some very very odd things um going on here was it locked was it not locked how would they know unless they tried to open it and and found that it was not locked how would they know that it was or was not locked so when the first officers get there that is one of the main things that's one of the main things there and i i know in this episode i skipped that part um we will come back to that later on 1233 the chief i say we breach through those windows and shoot his expletive head off through the window. So, I mean, they've, they've cleared everything else. They've cleared all these other students. Like, their priority is not to get the shooter here. It's to get the kids out of all the other classrooms. But at this point, they don't, how many shoot, they don't know how many shooters are in which class. They know where they're being shot at, that one person is shooting at them. But they don't know any, anything else. They're not going in to take the shooter out. The priority is not to take the shooter out. The priority is not to get any children that may be in that classroom or in those two classrooms. That is not the priority. So you have to ask yourself, is that the right de decision to make? Do you get the other kids out of the other classrooms first? Or do you do what their training said that they should have done and went in there and killed this guy? And that may risk being shot at. But you know what? At some point, the guy has to, to reload. And when he reloads, then you have the best chance to take him out, right? You would think. They don't even want to take that risk. They're not willing to take that risk. Like, it's, like I mean, it, however you want to spin this thing, it's pretty clear they value their life over the lives of these children and these teachers. Whether, they're, whether they know that they're dead at this point or not. Yes. This is an hour and a half, an hour after you enter the building. An hour after you enter the building. It's crazy. 11.35, a hooligan tool arrives through the west door. At 12.38, the chief attempts to communicate with the suspect in English and Spanish. At 12.41, the chief says, just so you understand, we think there are some injuries in there. There are some injuries. And so you know what we did, we cleared off the rest of the building so we wouldn't have any more leave besides what's already in there right. obviously Just let all the kids bleed out right 42 the chief says we have an expletive problem getting into the room because it's locked 
He's got an AR-15, and he's shooting everywhere like crazy, so he stopped. 1243. Not that many Baldy Chief, they got to get that expletive door open, bro. They can't get that door open. We need more keys or something. 1246, the chief says. If you're all ready to do it, you do it. Well, you should distract him out that window. 1147, the sledgehammer enters from the east hallway. 1150, the breach and termination gunfire. At the time, there was a stack of seven officers that went in. Actually, only four went directly in because the door closed, as will happen in some of these operations, and left the three out. Three entered thereafter, shortly thereafter. Five officers fired rounds, and I mean, they fired rounds at the subject, you know, killing the subject at that time. There it is. That is their official um, theory story, the Senate Special Committee to Protect All Texans. Uh, and this this was this took place again this was just day one of the public hearing it's a six hour 43 minute video uh, but i think that is really the timeline is really the most important thing then they're going to grill them they're going to ask some questions and i have created a playlist the rob elementary school shooting playlist um that has you know i've tried to capture all of the videos all their press conferences and everything these are the two most important i think i did miss a couple public hearing videos um but so I will be adding more to that, and if you do want to uh, find that um, in the chat, I do have the link up there too. So, um, but this was just day one of the of the um, school, the special Texas Senate committee hearing. Um, I do need to find the PDF to find the document. I don't think that's the eighty-one pager that we're going to read here pretty soon, but. Um, very important stuff there and I think I'll probably stop it at that point um, but they, they do make it clear that the official theory story goes that they shot the suspect the, sh the suspect did not shoot himself so um, one of the videos if you're looking for some videos um, you find them everywhere just I mean yeah you'll, you'll find them but I also have them here and I put them um, into i'll stop sharing this for a second because i have put them into a pdf and i'll just bring up that pdf real quickly that you can get to i need to move this to the to the top i don't know why this isn't um at the top whoops that's not what i want so do, do, go screen share and elementary Hopefully you can see this here. <clears throat> and what I have here is uh, on my website, whatistruth911.wordpress.com. Just go to gregfernandezjr.org, and I need to bump this up to the top. And um, uh, this this article, I'm going to put you know everything that I have, everything that I can gather on this. So this is the 81-page investigative committee. On the Robb Elementary shootings, the Texas House of Representatives, the Interim Report 2022, and you can download that if you can't find it, if you don't have it. Then I have um, the videos, full playlist of uh, everything um, so far, and then one of the main ones that I just put up is the backlash body camera footage. That is almost a five-hour video, and it's just a lot of the raw data, so... And I, I even have that TikTok video that I did there too. And our discussion video that I was a part of. A pretty heated discussion between friends 
uh, on Southern Southern Truth Trouble Tuesday from this past Tuesday. We just look at the fir- this is the first time that I looked at the body cam footage, so I may have asked some really dumb questions there. Um, and there was another video we did a, a week a week ago um, that dealt with this with the first hallway footage, which was really good too. Um, it's good to watch. Probably good to watch that one first. Because that goes from when the shooter crashes and then kind of takes off from from that point. So, all that stuff if you can find it anywhere, but you can if you, you know, all of it can be found um, right here too. So, still a lot for me to go through to kind of look at um, regarding all of that. But what I wanted to do is maybe start on. The interim report. I mean, you could just you just go through the whole videos, break down all of the, of the videos, and just do that there too, no problem. But let's look at some of the stuff for the report. Representative Dustin Burroughs is the chair. Joe Moody is the vice chair, and then uh, Honorable Eva Guzman, the public member. So speaking of that, I wonder if we should go back a little bit. Um, no, we'll just keep going on. So. Um, there's a school, the responders, I mean, we could read through this, we could look at the dash cam video, we could look at a lot of the different things here. I think that the timeline for me, the timeline was always the most important thing to look at, so we'll keep looking at it. Uh, what do we have here? So what is this? Dedication, the committee's been support. No, it's the name of the attacker is not mentioned. We also not use his name yet. They don't want to glorify him. Via Alyssa Bravo is remembered as a playful girl who put a smile on the faces of everyone around her. Her family meant the world to her, and she often helped her father around the house. Via loved the colors pink, purple, and enjoyed playing softball and riding bikes. So these must be all other other kids. They're going to go through all of the um, children that were shot here and again it it just it all comes back to you know if they had responded earlier could they have saved these lives we hear about the deaths um what does everyone know about the people that were injured aside from the from the the teacher in one of those maybe i should play that video um but aside from the teacher in one of those rooms what do we know about oh you're not even seeing it on screen I always forget that. Um, let me just, I think it stopped share screen. Okay, good. So let's do that. I'm going to go here. Boom. Get into a little bit of this. I think I should replay that. I think well, I can go back and redo episode. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe this will be episode three. Who cares at this point? Um, the main thing is. There's a lot of questions about this data. I'll answer it for you. So, I'll be. Uh, I'm gonna go back to the very beginning here, and again, you can find this on the website. This will be added to my uh, Greg Fernandez Jr. Um, YouTube channel and the podcast, the audio version, all that stuff later on. Um, I want to play this. This is what I played last time and people couldn't hear it. So I'm going to play this. We'll get some fresh thoughts on it. And, of course, if anyone wants to um, say anything in the chat, you can, too, in any replays. Always welcome. Let's listen to this and watch it. 
and I said, if I die, don't let it be in vain. This morning, Arnulfo Reyes, the fourth grade teacher in room 111 at Robb Elementary School, telling his story for the first time as he recovers in the hospital from two gunshot wounds hit during the horrific massacre that took 19 students and two teachers' lives. It was our typical morning and, um, you know, we ate breakfast together. It was going to be a good day because it was going to be our day of awards. And some kids in my class said that having gotten an award you know, all year, we're going to get an award that day. Reyes says the children were enjoying the end of the year celebration. And while some students went home after the ceremony, 11 from his class stayed behind. They were watching a movie when all of a sudden gunfire rang out. The kids started asking out loud, uh, Mr. Reyes, what is going on? And I said, I don't know what's going on, um, but let's go ahead and get under the table. Uh, get under the table and act like you're asleep. Um, as they were doing that and I was gathering them under the table and told them to act like they were going to sleep is about the time when I turned around and saw him standing there. The gunman entering classroom 112 at 11.33 a.m., then making his way into 111 through a connecting door, opening fire. Reyes shot twice, a bullet hitting him in the arm and lung and a separate one striking his back the 17-year teaching veteran hitting the ground. I told myself, I told my kids to act like I'm there asleep, so I'm going to act like I'm asleep also. And I prayed and prayed that I would not hear none of my students talk. Did you, you, you thought you were going to die? Yes, ma'am. Then while the gunman was still in the classroom, Reyes hearing police nearby. According to law enforcement, seven officers were in the building by 11.35 a.m. They took gunfire and retreated. Reyes says a child in the connecting classroom, 112, called out for help. One of the students from the next door classroom um, was saying, officer, we're in here, we're in here. And then, uh, but they had already left. And then, um, he got up from, from my, behind my desk and he walked over there and he shot over there again. The gunman going back into room 112 and firing more shots. At 11.58 a.m., children from other classrooms seen evacuating the school. At 12.03 p.m., a child from room 112 calling 911, telling dispatch where she was. By this point, 19 officers were inside the building, but no one went in. At 12.10, 1213 and 1216 more 911 calls. You said you were praying. Do you remember what you were praying for? What you were saying in your prayers? I prayed the, the Lord's Prayer. I prayed my Hail Mary. Reyes says eventually he heard officers come back, telling the gunmen through the door they want him to come out to talk that they don't want to hurt anybody, but then silence again. More 911 calls, including from Reyes's classroom, but it isn't until 12.50 p.m., one hour and 17 minutes after the gunman entered the classrooms, that Border Patrol busts in, killing the shooter. After that, it was just bullets everywhere, and then I just remember Border Patrol saying, um, get up, get up, and I couldn't get up. Did you feel abandoned? in that moment by police, by the people who are supposed to protect you? 
Absolutely. After everything, I get more angry because you have a bulletproof vest. I had nothing. I had nothing. You're supposed to protect and serve. There is no excuse for their actions. And I will never forgive them. I will never forgive them. How many students were in your classroom when the shooter came in? 11 students. So the shooter killed every single student in your classroom? Yes, ma'am. That's when I got you thinking, you know? This family lost one. This family lost one. I lost 11 that day. And I just went to my parents and I'm sorry. I tried my best. With what I was told to do. Please don't be angry with me. What, what what could he have done? I mean, what, what was he supposed to have done? Um, you know, trying your, your best based on what you're given, based on the training. It, this is bad training. We could talk about bad police training. We could talk about everybody's bad training, what everyone should have done. But the fact is this teacher was not armed. This teacher did not have a way to defend himself or defend the children that he was in charge of. Why aren't we talking about that? This guy may be more angry at the police than he is at the shooter, at the person who actually killed everybody. I hope not. I hope I'm wrong. I should be wrong. I better be wrong about that. He better be a lot more angry at that. And he should be, um, he should be on the right side of this. He should be on the side that says we need more guns, not less guns. We need to loosen up, maybe loosen up some of these laws that will allow citizens, teachers, staff members to uh, carry, to open carry. I'd rather see open carry than conceal carry. I'm not a big fan of conceal carry. Open carry. Open carry at all. That will let people know, don't even try it here. Don't even try it. Um, I... I also like where he mentioned you know the uh as the police came in on the last time and all he heard was just shootings shooting and everything it makes me also wonder if what what was what was the difference if the police were worried about being shot at uh what what was the the difference of them going in there at 11 30 35 36 37 as to going in there at 11 or at 12 50 what would have been the, the difference it, the, the guy was still shooting at at them, didn't shoot them. Apparently, from what we see, there's a lot of gunfire. So I'm assuming the shooter shot back. They don't really say. They're being very secretive about what they say, about what they're telling the public about those last minutes, and those are the most crucial, important things. And they're kind of being brushed over, which is very frustrating to me. Very frustrating to me that. Um, when we think about those last minutes, those would be the most, some of the most important things here to, to think about, um, shootings, who was shooting who, where was he shot, the autopsy, we need the autopsy of the shooter, um, is it possible, let me ask my friends who know about, you know, autopsies, things like that, 
I would look at that stuff, you know, is it possible that um, if the police had responded, and I guess I'm answering my own question to say yes, if the police had responded earlier, could they have saved lives? It's possible. Could that have happened? Will the autopsies tell us that? We, we may never know. I think a lot of this is going to be hidden from the public. A lot of the very strange things that happen, and I think this video, this almost five-hour video, really makes me think about a lot of different things the mayor the the video with the mayor which may be how we end this here um is very very telling i think there's some very telling stuff there so um i'm not going to waste too much time on speaking myself i want to get i want to get back into it because um i have some disagreements with this with this gentleman here and let's go just go for it Reyes says no training could have prepared them for this, even though the school yeah, had. You know what could have prepared them for this? Gun training. Gun training could have at least at least you have a fighting chance. Come on, there's children involved. I know schools, and I'm not going to say what state. I'm not going to say where, but I know schools that have implemented laws, implemented rules to make sure that there is somebody armed at these schools. That's the world we live in, folks. It's not, you can't go backwards. You can't take away that. You're not going to stop crazy people from picking up a gun and going and shooting a school. Laws are not going to stop that. The only thing that is going to stop that is a good person with a gun, period. That's it. If you don't understand that, wait until you have, wait until it happens to you. The problem is this happened to this guy and watch his, his response to this whole thing. The protocols, he says, laws have to change. <laughs> laws have it to change. It all happened too fast. Training, no training, all kinds of training. Nothing sets you ready, gets you ready for this. We trained our kids to sit under the table. <laughs> Great and training. And that's what I thought of, you know. Yeah, that'll work. But we set them up to be like ducks. No shit. You can give us all the training you want, but it's uh Give us all the training. The yeah, no, there is training. Sorry, I just really, um, I just spoke over him because I really want people to hear that part. They haven't heard this one. But we set them up to be like ducks. You can give us all the training you want, but it's, uh, gun laws have to change. Won't... What does this have to do with gun laws? This guy's an idiot here. His, this has nothing to do with gun laws. Gun laws are not going to change the 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 possibility of somebody with a gun going and shooting people. It's not the gun laws that need to, to change unless we're going to loosen the gun laws, unless we're going to say, you know, go back a little bit, but I mean come on. Or have gun laws where people need to learn how to use firearms. If this guy knew how to use a firearm, if he had a firearm he would have he would have had a fighting chance at least, and those kids would have had a fighting chance. A law is a, shooters are not going to look at a piece of paper and oh well they have a law here okay well I'm not going to go and shoot them up. That's what makes them crazy. That's what makes them nuts. You have all of these people in this country that have guns. You cannot blame all of them. You don't want to take away their rights. You don't want to make laws that make it harder for them to carry guns because of one of these crazy shooters. There are people out there that are actively trying to do that. They will use shootings like this 
to make stricter gun laws for good law-abiding citizens. That is not right. This guy is going to be used for that. That's going to be his calling. He's going to be used to think, oh, well, if we would have had better gun laws, this wouldn't have happened. Fuck that. If you would have had a gun, this wouldn't have happened. How about that? Never change unless they change the, the laws. <laughs> Reyes so says he ridiculous. doesn't think he can ever return to a classroom, but he's making it if his you got mission a gun, to you honor can. the lives of his students and two of his fellow teachers. The only thing that I know that I will not let these children and my coworkers die in vain. Then you should support. You should support people, good people, having guns. Or else, yeah, you're letting them die in vain. You think laws are really going to change that? You think laws are really going to stop somebody from doing something like this? Do you understand? Gun people can build guns. People can make guns. Laws are not going to stop people from doing that. This is just backwards thinking. A person who is not thinking clearly, not thinking right. Not. That's part I of the problem. Go anywhere. Yeah, that's to the end of the world. He's going to make things worse. My students die in vain. He's going to make things worse. This. Nobody in this world deserves this. His, if he's going to do anything to make sure things like this don't, don't happen, wouldn't you want to figure out more about the shooter, what caused him to do this, etc., etc.? It's not the gun. It's not the gun because, again, billions of people, millions, billions, have guns and don't do something like this. Why is it the gun's fault? It's the person. Hey. No mother, nobody deserves this. You can sit here and cry about it, but that's not going to make things better. Go to the end of the world. Go to the end of the world to make sure people have guns and can defend themselves. How about that? There was a lack of effective overall command that day committee is reporting multiple systemic failures in the response to the tragic shooting in Uvalde. The 77-page report comes nearly one month after 19 students and two teachers were killed at Robb Elementary. The committee's report highlights three major areas of concern. The shooter's family not recognizing the warning signs, a school district that did not follow a safety plan, and police response. The report says nearly 400 law enforcement officers responded to the scene. A majority of the officers were from either state or federal agencies. The report outlines 149 officers were from Border Patrol, 91 were from DPS, 25 from the Uvalde Police Department, and just five officers from the Uvalde School District. The rest of the officers were from multiple other agencies. A part of today's update was a release of body cam videos. And we want to this is dated uh, July 17, 2022. I warn you, some of the video you're about to see is disturbing. Here's Elise Preston. Newly released body cam videos from the Uvalde Police Department shows officers staked down around Robb Elementary School. You can hear the shooter firing at officers and at least one officer expressing the need to get into the classroom where the gunman was holed up. We got to get in there. Eventually, 376 officers, local, state and federal, arrived on the scene. 
according to a new report by the Texas House Committee investigating the shooting. The investigation found they waited 77 minutes before moving in to take out the shooter, lacking clear leadership, basic communications, and prioritizing their own safety over saving innocent lives. And they should have done more, acted with urgency. Try the door handles, try to go in through the windows, try to distract him. The three members of the investigating committee released their findings in a meeting with families of the victims, 19 students and two teachers. Their 77-page report found the shooter fired about 100 rounds in the first three minutes. But the report suggests some could have survived if they had not had to wait so long for rescue. They're a joke. They got no business wearing a badge. Vincent Salazar, the grandfather of fourth grader Layla Salazar, obtained his report, but did not stay for the meeting due to his distrust of local public officials and handling of the investigation. So far, much of the blame has been put on Uvalde School Police Chief Pete Arredondo for his role as incident commander. But investigators suggest there were plenty of better trained and better equipped officers who didn't step up and could have contributed to the loss of life. Some family members who attended the meeting left feeling dissatisfied. Accountable needs to say, hey, I'm wrong. You're right. I was there. I did nothing to serve and protect y'all. Following the report's release, Uvalde's acting chief of police the day of the shooting was placed on administrative leave. Elise Preston, CBS News. From the moment school employees found out about the gunman on campus, the House committee found technology delayed the lockdown alert and not all teachers were notified. The committee learned poor Wi-Fi connectivity delayed the lockdown alert that the principal sent out to teachers. Not all teachers received it, including the teacher in room 111 who survived the shooting but had multiple students perish. Even with the faulty technology, no one used the school intercom as another way to communicate the lockdown. Officials also found there was a recurring problem with maintaining the school's doors and locks. The committee said there was a, quote, regrettable culture of noncompliance with safety policies requiring the doors to be kept locked. And once, once again, they're not really focusing on the main thing, is who has the guns and who doesn't. Who has the guns controls the situation. That's why these crazy shooters want the guns. That's what they want because they know that no one is going to stand up to them because all these other people, these schools, don't have them. So what do you expect is going to happen? This is what they want. School intercom was never used. Delayed lockdown alert. Recurring problems with doors and locks. But... No mention about, hey, if we had people that were armed in there, it wouldn't have got this bad. When I talked about the false sense of security, I do not believe that Uvalde, Consolidated, or Robb Elementary is the only school with these issues in it. I've talked to enough other educators around the state to believe this is a wider problem that we need to continue to look at. The committee is now urging every district... There, no one is urging, hey, let's let's put some more guns in these schools. It's common sense. Common sense. Throughout Texas to study this report and identify lessons to learn. Yeah, the biggest lesson. Common sense lesson. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Why are they not talking about this? The common sense, man. Put some guns in these schools. You need somebody trained, armed in these schools. 
That's the only way you're going to stop this stuff. Once these shooters, these potential shooters, know that there is somebody armed there, they may think twice. But if they know this is a gun-free zone, what, where, where do you think the shooters are going to go to? It's crazy. It's so crazy. It's just weird backwards thinking. And they all want to play the holier-than-thou thing. But nobody wants to pick up a gun and shoot a crazy person. Families of the victims have been demanding answers from the city since day one. And with today's report, families were only left angry. That's their job, to go in there regardless if they have only guns. What about those kids in there? That's a reactive thing. I agree. That is their job. That's what they're there to, to do. They're trained to, to do that. But it's nothing that citizens shouldn't also be ready to do. You cannot just rely on the authorities, on the police, to do everything for you. That's pretty lazy thinking, too. You have to be ready to defend yourself and to defend other good people against bad people. And a lot of us aren't. We just aren't. We're not ready. So we'll stop that one. We'll stop this right here. I'll come back to this. God bless you all. Thank you all for listening, for watching. And until next time.